0: Greetings, this is Chief Yuya, and of course, you're listening to the Chief Yuya podcast. Um, I just want to share a brief message today. We're not going to go too long or too wide, but um, I want to talk about blessing the soil and being a blessing to the soil and the land that you reside on and do your works on, you know, for us as I knew, there's a compulsion to be around one another, you know, to fellowship with one another because um, our, our way of moving, our way of venerations, our, our way of ritualizing, our way of spiritizing doesn't always align with the masses, uh, even our cognition typically doesn't align with the masses. So oftentimes there's a desire to not only get away from what maybe weakens our position or doesn't strengthen our position. You know, it could be a pull either way, but often there's a compulsion to get around each other, to be around one another, to share experiences and moments with one another you see that when you look at the Anu Woman's Retreat and you see the, just the joy and the peacefulness and the happiness that those who were completely invested in that moment and in this experience, uh, what they were able to experience in that. Um, but, you know, there's always um, opportunities to be something where you are, to be something where you are. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you, you look uh, at the work that you're supposed to do and you think about the laws of correspondence, you always, you know, you can understand that the work begins inside of you. The law of correspondence, uh, as within, so without. You know, uh, or we could even say as above, so below. But there's an idea that the reality that we experience or that we observe is a projection or reflection of the reality that exists inside of us. This is the law of correspondence. And some will say as above, as below, but you you don't necessarily need to just look at it in terms of the vertical uh, concept. Because you could say, you know, as to the left, so to the right, you know. But again... i would i would urge you the best way to fathom it as within so without because the movement always starts from a kernel and ripples out from the kernel into a larger uh, radius or or into a larger cell no different than throwing a stone in a river you may have a small stone it drops and it creates a center point a point of singularity where it hits and then it ripples outwards into a certain radius. So um, as within, so without, there's an impact of that pebble in the water, and then that impact ripples out in the form of waves. So there's still an impact, right? Uh, So what kind of wave or impact do you make on the land that you reside on? You know, like I said, as I knew, those of you who are, fully invested in this way, in this ministry, and in these teachings, um, as I knew, we are encouraged to be around each other. And I've said often that we should not only take time to be around one another, but we should live around one another. We should work with one another. We should eat with one another. We should raise children with one another. We should uh, wed one another, okay? Okay. Uh, so sometimes we, we don't think about that when we think about living a set-apart life and living a set-apart and peaceful life. Sometimes one of the things that we forget that, you know, that not only goes to um, who we, we call or, or who we chit-chat with on social media and things like that, but it even covers who you live next to who you work with. You know, for instance, um, you may work in a cubicle at your job and, you know, as I knew, we, we don't, we don't ingest swine, but your coworker may be sitting there eating, um, bacon and ham and whatever else (laughs) they do with the pig, pig teeth, you know, barbecue pigs teeth, you know, and, um, That within itself now, if there is a, let's say if there's a bacteria, which I'll call a curse, but let's just say there's a germ or there's a curse that's now going through the pigs in America and that person is eating that pig, are you not affected by that germ? Are you not affected by that curse? Right. So it's just a small example. But a lot of times uh, we sometimes don't realize that being set apart And strengthening ourselves within the fellowship of one another even transcends to who we work with. Because people typically that we work with, we spend the majority of our day with. That's why in so many jobs, sometimes it gets so crazy because a lot of times the jobs are the only root and the only expression of social interaction. Some people have, they have no lives outside of that, you know. And then you have the people on social media where they have no lives outside of social media. Uh, if you could even call social media a life, right? Um, but the same goes for where you live. You consider your neighbor, right? Uh, you may have a neighbor who is doing certain things that are antithetical to what it is that you're striving to live on at your homestead. You know, you may be a man who's teaching... Your wife and your children and you're you're constantly pouring into them the ways and and the statutes of righteousness in order to align them. You know, you're constantly because children should constantly daily be taught, you know, the ways of the the creator every single day. And just make it fun. If you have to make it fun, make it fun. But don't neglect the day to teach your children. You know about about what the creator is and what the creator's intention is uh, on this planet, right? Or in this planet. So, you may be doing that every single day, and you have a neighbor that is just about something else. Maybe they're arguing all the time, and you hear the argument coming through the walls or or across the yard. You know, maybe there's police in front of the house every other day because there's something wild happening there. You know, um, maybe it's just the things that they cook. It could be the smells that are, come across, are coming across the yard. It could be the music that they play. It could be um, the way they, they um, treat their animals. Or it could be the behavior of their children and the effect that that may have on your children. It could be the lifestyle or the sex style that they live. That now um, creates a certain influence across your own homestead. So, who you live near is a critical choice for you men, because you men should be the masters of your homestead, and you should be considering that when you're buying a place. Well, who are the neighbors? Other communities consider that. You know, uh, when we say locate the three most important things in real estate: location, location, location. You know, that's cold word. Because <laughs> you know, any location could be great. that's where we see projects get gentrified. At one point, that was a terrible location. So it's not really the location, it's people, what people are here. You know so it's very important, obviously, as men, when you're choosing places to live and you're, you're situa- situ- situating your family, that you're ensuring that the environment is reflective of the principles and the mores that you stand for. So for us as a new, I'm only interested really in living near our new people. And if I'm not, then um, I prefer a lot of space around me. So I don't necessarily have to be disturbed by the culture and lifestyle of other people, nor do I have to disturb them with my culture and lifestyle. I don't want to be a bully to anyone or to be intolerable because someone has their own way and their own path. And I, And I never would want to, you know impose I never want to impose my path on someone else. Uh, but if we all are thinking the same and living the same and striving towards the same cultural values, then you know we could it could be four of us sharing one room together. <laughs> you know, It's, it's okay. So um, with that being said, like I said, a lot of times it's a desire and it's a move for separation as it should be. Any great leader that has ever come across our path has preached the values of separation and segregation. Okay, so or and if, and if they did not at first, they eventually did. Okay, there's a value in being able to create contrast, contrast and distinction, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're looking to subdue anyone. Or um, you're, even, you're even trying to impose a, a sense of superiority just because you would like to be with your own. So with that being said, you know, there, there is also the concept and the idea that I'm going to share with you of being a blessing to the soil that you land on, right? So essentially what I'm saying is this, if you have an Anu community, let's say we have four or five Anu members And they say, hey, we're going to rent apartments or we're going to get homes near to one another. Maybe we'll even go into a place, you know, where the homes are collapsed and dilapidated. The five of us will buy the street, you know, and we'll basically own the street. And, you know, we'll break down the fences between the yards and we can just kind of have a whole big space for ourselves and do the new thing. Well, which is that's a wonderful thing. But what kind of blessing are you to that town that you have now kind of had your, your, your landing on or your impact on? Are you blessing the soil? See, when, when you move in this kingdom and in this way, there is an expectation for greatness. There is an expectation that not only you demand great progressive and positive change within yourself, but that you also uh, demand great and positive change in the environment that you should now be affecting around you. You know, no different if you come into a room. Uh, you know, I, I, there's there's such a there's such a, an aggressive um, fear that's put into people when they leave religious environments and they enter into those that are considered to be. ATR environments or uh, alternative spiritual environments, a lot of times there's an aggressive fear uh, that's put into people where they're constantly told they have to do protection work and people are trying to hurt them and people doing spells on them and this and that and that and that. And I can't say it enough. I've said it so many times. 99% of the time, no one's doing anything to you. 99% of the time. What it is is that you're living in a way where you're cursing yourself. You're creating your own errant spirits because of your lack of righteousness. You want to go online and read every spell that you can and do it against people and light candles and do incantations and then go into the mountains and to the woods and and into the sea and and into the streams. And you want to go do rituals with energies that you don't even understand. And then come back and say, yeah, people are trying to hurt me. No, you're hurting yourself because you're touching, you're touching things that you haven't even had to respect enough to, to understand, but you want effect. And this is how you get, you get a cursed life, through your disobedience, because you reject knowledge, you see. You reject knowledge, and then because you reject knowledge, you create intergenerational curses. You know, that's why, you know, people will, will speak about something like diabetes. Oh, diabetes runs in my family. Diabetes doesn't, doesn't run in your family. You know, it's just that uh, you've now been the recipient of an intergenerational curse of ignorance. That's all. Because your forefathers and your, well, I'm going to say your forefathers. I won't even blame it on your foremothers. Uh, your forefathers rejected knowledge. You know, there was information that came to them at one point that could have positively in- affected their health, and they decided to ignore it. They decided to reject it. I've always eaten like this. I've been eating hog all my life. I've been eating it's fried chicken good. I'm eating dirty, but I'm eating good, you know, all these little stupid phrases that people say. And then what happens is uh, as they move forward, they pass the torch to you, and you could, you could uh, not take the torch. You could choose to do that, but you choose to take the torch. So now the curse has been, has been carried forward. It's been transmitted to you. You see, that's the intergenerational curse. It's not that someone did something to you back in the old country you know and because they don't like your family because the majority of the time when people come to me with that and I say well what what could you have done for someone to want to do that much work against you I don't know I don't know or or my my ex narcissism is rampant in the cultural communities you think people um have that much time and that much that, many, that much resource to just sit and keep doing work against you like you're that important but you know it's because you don't want to take accountability for what you have caused sometimes what you've caused in the lives of others like those ex-lovers like your children but also what you've caused in your own life because you reject knowledge you reject knowledge so now you pass on intergenerational curses to your children and your grandchildren. You see? So that idea there, you know, like I said, that demand for greatness has to be there. Everyone who may listen to this information doesn't necessarily, they, you know, or maybe even claim anu. It's not anu because they're not, they're not forging greatness within themselves. They're forging the greatness that they have conjured up in their own mind. They're a legend in their own mind. You know, they make very broad and big statements, you know, and then that's it. I'm king this. I'm master that. I'm queen this. I'm king, father, queen, mother. There's no humility in that. And because there's no humility in that, greatness passes them by. And there's no real change. So they're very, they're very determined to see change in their lives, but they're not uh, set on being change in their life. They don't want to be changed at all. They just want to see the change. So as a result, no greatness comes forth. So because no greatness occurs within you, then no greatness occurs outside of you. No change occurs within you, then no real change occurs outside of you. There's a reason that um, you look at some of the largest mega churches and temples, and you find them in the worst parts of town, because a lot of these these environments and the, you know these experiences, they're designed specifically to pacify the egoic narcissism that exists in those who would financially support them. So there's never any real change demanded of them. You know, I, I, I've had uh, some very interesting conversations at times with people who are so dead set on being in certain environments and, and trying to get you to go to them. And I was speaking Sunday to someone who was uh, inviting me to their, their uh, services after they found out uh, about one of the entrepreneurial ventures that I was involved in, and um, I said, "Well, okay, that that's cool. You want me to come to your church?" I said, "Let me ask you this: How many souls have you won for Christ within the past month?" And of course, there was no there was no answer to that. So I said, "Then I'm not interested in going to your church." You know, so. That's just an example, again, Um, a lot of times those environments, you know, in order to win souls over, you have to be won over. In order to transmute an expression or an emotion of authenticity about something, you have to have an emotion or moving energy or moving electricity about that thing that's authentic and that's real for you, Okay, so... A lot of times, we're unable to really truly bless our environment and bless those around us because we haven't been able to do that for ourselves. We haven't accepted the need to change within ourselves. We've rejected the knowledge, the light, the masculinity. That's what knowledge is. It's the masculine energy. That number one. That straight up and down. Or in the Hebraic, we we have vav. You know, but it's that vav aspect. You know that we don't want. So we reject it, we push it away. And as a result, not only do we create curses, but we're unable to establish kingdoms. Because the kingdoms that we establish have to be established on the precipices of the Creator. But we, we choose to ignore the knowledge of the Creator, so therefore, uh, or reject the knowledge of the Creator, so therefore the kingdom of the Creator rejects us. It's, it's not really too complicated in that sense. But, uh, um, in any event, so whenever we land, whenever we make an impact on a space, we should make a positive impact on the space. You know, we shouldn't have these great kingdoms on earth, you know, or like what they would call mega churches and things like that in the middle of ghettos, in the, mid, in the middle of blight, in the middle of poverty. Uh, the soil that we walk on, the soil that we build on, that we create on, should be blessed. And to bless something means to, to pour blood on it, you know, like you would an in, in offering. Blessing is blood, right? So, what's inside of the blood? Life. So, wherever we step, wherever we go, we should bring life to it. We should not absorb <laughs> and siphon the life that's left out of it. Now, you consider that if you want to even consider the cultural or the conscious community a community. And think about those who have landed inside of it. Have they spread more life within that community or are they absorbing and, and vampirically siphoning the life out of that community? It's just something I want you to consider. And for you, knew the compulsion is that you give life to where you are. You get around each other, you fellowship with each other, you commune with one another, you eat with one another, you wed one another, you befriend one another, you create family among one another. And in the spaces that you, that you settle in, that is strategically selected by the, men, by the men, you become a blessing to that soil, you become a blessing to that land, you become a blessing to the surrounding communities that are around you. It's not about just building a a wall around you and uh, ignoring that you do live uh, in the world. You You do live on the planet. Now, that doesn't mean that we are set on saving the planet because we're not. We're not saving anyone. And we're not trying to wake up anyone. If you have not been awakened by now, you're not interested in being awakened. We're no longer in that dispensation at this point where people don't know. People do know, but they've rejected knowledge. So, for those who are seeking, for those who are hungry, you know, um, and who are banging on the gates because, you know, they want some of that good water that I knew provides and some of that good food that I knew provides, and they want to be completely baptized within the structure or baptized within the wisdom, you know, that's th- that Baphomet, but, the, you know, bathing the, the Metet. Bathing the mind, you know, completely saturating the mind, completely saturating yourself in these teachings so that they can not only be better people, but so that they can also be better to the people around them. And it's not, again, for the purposes of going out and converting. We do not have an evangelical ministry within Anu, and that's for a reason. I will reiterate, this is not about waking your family up. This is not about... You know, how do I get my family to follow these teachings? How do you get yourself to follow these teachings? The reason why they don't listen to you is because you're not authentic. Let your behavior be the greatest example of what this is. Not, not your tongue. Your, your, your conversation and your talk means nothing. Let it be the model of your behavior that makes people say, what are you doing over there? What are you all up to? You know, what, what is this, this movement about? What is this? On, I want to be a part of this. And if you can't commit yourself to that, then you you need to retire that statement. I'm trying to help my people, try to save my people. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're trying to deflect and shy away from what you're supposed to do within yourself. As within, so without. And if you don't see it without, if you don't see it around you, it's because it's not in you. You know, it's not in you. Like detect like. All right? So if you're only detecting the misery and the suffering and the negativity in your environment then that's because it's all you're able to de- to detect and you haven't created a reality outside of you that's any better than that you have to you have to be the impact you have to be the difference you have to be the change you have you have to take what was once cursed and make it blessed. You have to do that through the power, the energy, and the breath of the Almighty that was breathed into you at your creation. All right, Chief Yuya, signing out. Um, Again, for those of you interested in joining this ministry, go over to anulifeglobal.org. Anulifeglobal.org. You'll see an Anu men's link. You'll see an Anu women's link. You'll even see a join link. And that's how you... um, Start your journey. Doesn't mean that once you do that, you've arrived. You haven't even arrived yet. All you're doing is knocking on the door and seeing if somebody comes to answer it. (laughs) But there's there's so much further to go. And unlike many experiences where they give you a door and you open it and then you realize it's a a false door. There's nothing behind it. I open it. Oh, this is just a a demo model. This is like going to the hardware store. You know, I went to Home Depot or Lowe's, and they were selling doors. And I opened it, and I'm still in the store. This isn't that. When you go through this door, uh, if it's open to you, then great demand is 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 a great change is demanded of you. Great change is demanded of you. Great growth is demanded of you. And there are some who don't make it. There's some who 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 can't make it that far because they want everything around them to conform and change to their defiance, to their rebellion, to their rejection of knowledge, to their narcissism, to their ego. And this structure in this kingdom of Anu has been built on solid ground. So if it was built on sand, it probably would form around the dysfunction of a few. But fortunately, it was built on pata, or stone, Petra, on on pata, on that stone of the architect. All right, so this is Chief Yuya signing out, and I I will that you have a productive and fruitful day today. And again, you be a blessing. You be a, a deliverer of life, to those around you by way of your modeling, especially you women, especially you women. We'll get into that another time. That's more our new information. But more than ever, you know, we speak about how visual men are. Okay, well, what, what are you showing them? <laughs> you know, what are you? it's not about what you're telling them. And I'm this and I'm that. What are you modeling for them? What are you modeling for children? What are you modeling for other women? And for you men, especially those who like to call yourself God, what are you producing? Because the high gods, not the low gods, but the high gods all produce things. So if you are that, then you must produce. And if you are a woman, then you must model greatness. All right, this is Chief Yuya signing out for real this time. Everyone enjoy your day. Be well, be safe, and be good to one another. Peace.